All right, everyone. Welcome back to Matt Goes to the Movies. We are here to reconnect and talk about Halo, the second season. Now, uh, Rob, you, uh, you know, you were with me for season one and minus maybe I think one episode, if I remember correctly, where we were just like, holy shit, they might have turned the corner. Um, this is, wow, this is really good. Um, that was a very, very disappointing season for us. Um, you know, season two, they promised, uh, they listened to the fans. They are going to be a little bit darker. Um, we've got two episodes that dropped for season two. And, you know, I'm I'm curious to see what you think about it. and. You know, I I would like to dive in, too, because some of the things I said was, and, and we mentioned this, so it's not a huge thing that we have to do, but again, this used to be one of, it's certainly not there anymore, but this was one of the most beloved gaming franchises in history um, that single-handedly saved a council um, at one point, and it, it's interesting in all forms of media where Halo is in this day and age, remember, especially being old enough to remember what Halo was. Yeah, I as I've said before, Halo represents a very special place in my nerd heart. It, it I've spent many, many, many hours, both in single and multiplayer on this. Uh, I've I've sought out alternate media for Halo. I've read some of the novels, which uh, many of them are actually quite good. Uh, so... You know, I, I I'm into this franchise. I am I'm definitely 100 into this franchise. I've played every version of the games that they've released, even Spartan Assault. I've done Halo Wars one and two multiple times. I've played through the campaigns in and split screen co op multiple times. Um, you know, this is something I've shared with my son. Uh, he and I have played through um, every game actually. With the, we haven't gotten all the way through Infinite on co op, but that was something that we did kind of during the shutdown as we we started. Uh, with Halo One split screen co op, and and it's something that we've done together. It's it's one of the first franchises, other than the Lego games, that that he and I have done together, or my kids and I have really have played together. Uh, so Halo definitely is is important to me. It's 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 something that I care about very deeply, maybe too much. And you're right, that first season there was some moments where we really felt like we got true Halo level action, and then there was a lot of the rest of it that just absolutely left our us scratching our heads. And it's it's it was very bizarre some of the choices that were made. So you know you, now we're two years away from that. We went all of last year with nothing, and it took them two more years to be able to get this. And I got to be honest, like I had to go back and and like re-listen to some of our breakdowns to even really remember what was going on with this show when last we saw it. And I felt like I didn't remember most of it. I. I I remembered feeling like there were moments where I was like, oh my God, this was great. And, but mostly moments I'm, I was just like, what were they thinking with this? Like, did they, did they even play the games at all? And we know that largely they didn't. So when, when this starts and we get this great action to start the, the whole thing, I, but at the same time, I'm kind of going like, okay, what just happened? Like, have they just skipped a lot and they're not going to necessarily go back. Like how much of this are they retconning and just sort of moving forward with almost a new show? It, it, it was, 
it was some interesting choices, but um, overall, I got to admit, I was excited that this was coming back because I just had a feeling that this was going to be better and we were going to get more of what we want. And is that the case? Well, let's find out. Yeah, I, I think those are all really good points. And, you know, we're going to do both episodes here um, in this review. And, you know, Rob, for me, um, I just I have to say that overall, even though there's some some retconning and there seems to be a clear choice to steer away from some of the things that I think upset a lot of fans in season one. Um, for me, there still seems to be a real disconnect. Um, I do not think that Master Chief has gotten any better. Um, Schreiber, again, I, I always hate to say anything about actors, um, but it, this guy in these first two episodes, especially because we have to see his face so much, and I know he did a pretty, uh, which I would say good interview about why he feels it's necessary and why people kind of need to let that go. Um, this guy just doesn't do it for me. And it's very apparent in season two in these two episodes that his acting range for me just is not there. And I thought he did a really great job in season one in the one episode. I thought mm. I was like, wow, like, okay, this is, this is much better, but it's, it's right back. And it feels, it feels like a lot overall of more of the same from this season so far for me for the first two episodes. I, I really had the feeling that I did with season one once I got through the end of this. And yes, there's a, a, a tighter focus, it feels. Um, and I, I think we get a pretty... Uh, I, I feel like we got a pretty cool payoff here when they mention Reach. Um, well, we're going towards a pretty good payoff for people that know about this series, but... Ultimately, I just feel more of the same from season one. Um, that's my quick take, and obviously we'll dive a little deeper, but I, I couldn't help but feel a sense of deja vu after I was done with both episodes. In a lot of ways, you know, the Master Chief represents, and for for video games, it's a lot of it's a lot of like power fantasies. You know, you you play as a powerful character who has all these powerful abilities and things like that. And the Master Chief is this revered warrior in the game series. Even when we first meet him in the original game, you know, he's thought of as like, oh, my God, that's him. You know, he's like he's like a combination warrior and rock star and war hero kind of like all rolled into one. And they kind of treat him very much the same way in this. It, it feels like they're, they're trying to pitch kind of a propaganda machine in this, too. Like, like that's definitely at work at times. And we see that in season one, uh, season one, and we definitely see it in episode one here. And, and they definitely build up the master chief as like, you know, this, this super important figure, everybody knows who he is and everybody worships the ground he walks on, except for in, in the second episode when he goes to these people's houses and they have no clue who he is. But to your point around just the, the portrayal of the character, he, he doesn't come across as this all conquering, inspiring world beater through 
his own actions and words. It's it, we, we have that op- opinion and impression of him because of what others say about him, not through what we actually see ourselves. Separate from the, you know a couple of battle scenes where he, he does do some work. He, he definitely does damage uh, when, we, when we get him in a battle scene. But outside of that, it's not like he just walks around and we feel that aura that this person is powerful. This person is a, is a savior and is going to lead us out of this dark time um, and, and conquer our enemy. We don't necessarily feel that in the portrayal of the character. Yeah, I don't... Um... I don't disagree with any of that, but also one of the things that I, I, I really didn't like, because again, in, you know, in the games, again, Master Chief, you know, Spartan 117, man, he is, he's needed for this fight. He's, he's the one that can stop the Covenant. And once you find out, like, you know, more about where that Halo series was going, it's even more clear that like, oh man, like you, you need this guy. Um, But um, Eckerson, there's a line where he says, yes, we need Master Chief. But, and uh, I'm paraphrasing, so I'm not quoting directly, but he says, you know, he's just a guy in a suit. And it's like, no, he's not like, no, that's not master chief. That's not what viewers are led to believe. And again, there's just, there's parts of this season. Like I said, deja vu where it's like, to me again, okay, who is this for? What are we supposed to do with this show? Um, I don't feel like they make master chief a big deal. Um, I just, I never liked Master Chief because he had facial expressions. I never liked Master Chief because he's, it's you know, actor-wise, he's got a 0% body fat. Like, I just don't understand what they're doing. I, I, I was severely left disappointed and I saw reviews that were like, oh, they made the decision not to do video game stuff. And it's like, hmm, again, if you're doing it in the right way, I don't need you to pander to me. But again, what the hell are you making? It's it's the exact thing with Marvel and what they've been doing, where you see all of these people talking about, nope, I never read the comics. Nope. I never did this. Nope, I didn't bother to touch it. And and I just go, why? You're walking away from a formula that was proven to work. And in a way to me, you're just, you're shitting on everything that's supposed to exist. It feels like the show spends more time trying to keep Master Chief out of combat and yes. keep him out of action and minimize his importance, minimize his impact. They overtly say, the dialogue says, oh, you're so important to the war effort. And yet they keep trying to keep him out of it. And it's not in, like, that's not really interesting to me. I don't, I'm not like really into that. I, I don't understand it. I don't understand what the benefit is. And there's a couple of times where 
I feel like the Office of Naval Intelligence and all of the people that are involved in that, it feels like there's conflict just for the sake of conflict. But because when you stop and ask a few questions about, well, why, why is this? You don't really have a great answer. You know, this guy and his, his team are clearly the most powerful war machine that they have. You just kind of point them at the problem and the problem tends to go away, usually in a hail of gunfire and grenades. And, and yet it seems like for whatever reason, and if they want to explore a plot line where they're actually afraid of the Spartans, like what will happen if they decide that they're more suited to rule? Like if that was the plot line, first of all, I think that would be dumb, but you would almost kind of make sense. But outside of that, like if that's not what they're doing, then I have no idea why they keep trying to keep these guys out of combat, keep them from performing, try to make them second guess themselves, try to do everything that prevents them from saving humanity. There's so many Mm -hmm. people that don't act in their own best interests. And really, when we start looking at this first episode, you know, we get that opening scene where they're sent to sanctuary and they're being asked to evacuate people who don't want to be evacuated. So like, I don't know why they get all bent out of shape. Like, you know, listen, if you want to be turned into glass and pink mist, but I guess go ahead. Like, I'm not going to, I'm not going to force you if, if you're not interested in that. And, and that, you know, kind of that shamanistic figure, like she just kind of leads a couple of her disciples and they just walk right into the liquid glass as it's coming down towards the beginning of the episode. And I'm like, I don't like that it's supposed to be like, I guess some kind of noble religious sacrifice maybe, but it doesn't work for me because it doesn't make sense. Like what did she accomplish with that? Like, yeah, she says like, we were here, you moved us from our planet 42 years ago. Like she has that line. I remember because I watched the opening twice and, and she said something about, you know, when your planet needs you and you leave, it it was something kind of dumb. It's like, well, that's not even your real home planet. Your home planet was a place you already left. This is like your this is like your second house. Right. And, and you're, you're not going to survive. You're, you're not doing anything by staying there. Yeah. What did your death actually bring around? And listen, if, if they've got a different set of religious beliefs, uh, OK, I guess, whatever. I, I, they don't really have time to go into their whole uh, theology. Maybe they believe that's the most pious thing you can do is walk right into a blast of covenant energy coming down, turning everything into glass and, and sacrificing yourself is somehow noble. But, um, I don't know. I, it it just seemed kind of dumb. Um, it didn't really work for me. Yeah, it, it didn't really work for me. I also didn't, you know, and again, it's like, that's, that's part of the opening. Like that's how this season opens and the, you know, what does she say to master chief? Find your, uh, something uh, about find your soul or find. Yeah. Yeah. And it's just like, uh, Oh my I've God. Seen your death and it's soon or whatever. And yeah. And, I, and they keep so trying to make the UNSC. Yeah. Like, they, I don't know. Every yeah. character they show that's affiliated with the UNSC, they try to make as absolutely unlikable as possible. Right. And that really doesn't work for me. That to me, I think is really ineffective about this series so far. We, we saw it in season one. We're already seeing it in season two. And, and you think about like on your journey through the games with these characters, like, you know, some of them, like, you know, you don't really get a like other than uh, Sergeant Johnson, like you don't really get to know and Captain Keys. You don't really get to know that many of them really well. A couple of them here and there. Mostly they're just like 
nameless space Marines that sometimes shoot the, the turret on the warthog for you. Um, or sometimes like you can steal their sniper rifle when you need it in, in that situation. That's really what they're there for. But generally you like them, you root for them. And when, you know, the, the guy in your passenger seat gets taken out by a needler, you're like, Oh, bummer. You know, he, he was kind of fun. Oh, well, you know, and then you move on the game. But like, if any of these UNSC guys get taken out, like you go, Oh, well, like you don't yes. know anything about it. They're, they've just been made so unlikable and it's really not effective. Yeah, I I don't think it's effective. Um, I, I will say that I do think um, one of the new characters, um, I do think Eckerson is pretty effective. I actually liked him. Um, yeah. I could not stand the scenes with Dr. How do you pronounce her name again? Hazley? Halsey. Halsey. Um, I actually really didn't like her stuff at all. Um, I, I wasn't a fan of it. I do think Eckerson, uh, his character brought something. There is uh Rob, you'll laugh, but based on what we see at the end of episode two, it, there's a little bit too much. The last Jedi in this halo mm. show for me <laughs> with <laughs> why does it seem like you're hiding the plan from everybody that should need to fricking know it. Yep. Yeah. Like why it, it is, it is such a weird trope in movies and shows, but yeah. Oh, I did it to protect you or you wouldn't want the burden of knowing or like if I'm correct, it, is clear and let me know if this is how you understood it. Maybe I shouldn't even be asking this question. Maybe they spelled it out more obviously than I'm thinking, but he's clearly running scenarios because he knows the covenant is glassing planets on how to actually win. So why are you keeping that from people? Why is that a secret? Why is it not a full scale evacuation? Why have you not thrown every Spartan you have at trying to stop it? Right. I, I don't understand why he's keeping these things from people like the Spartans and Ma like, it just doesn't make sense. Like, what is the reason you're doing that? <clears throat> and this is where I was also confused is what difference does it really make to Oni whether or not the covenant were there on sanctuary? What benefit do they get from denying that they were there? Right, right now, it really feels like it's just a plot device to create conflict between John and this new guy who, as soon as I saw him in episode one, I was already suspicious of this dude because the actor that plays him never gets to be like a cool guy. He's never like the trustworthy nope. guy. Um, he was in this show. I think, oh God, it's some, there's like a hundred million vampire shows on Netflix and he's in like two of them. One's a spinoff of the other that my wife watches. And he was a, kind of a, a scumbag in both. Um, and he, he's a great actor, by the way, he, he's great at that sort of character, but as oh, soon as I absolutely. saw him, I already, knew, yeah, I already knew that he was a scumbag as soon as I saw him just cause he's kind of typecast as that. Um, yeah. Joseph Morgan, he, um, vampire diaries and then yeah, obviously the diaries. originals. Yep. Those are the two. Yeah. She watched every, she's watched that whole series like three times through and I've like been in the room, um, when it's been on and, and not my thing necessarily, but like, if it's your thing, cool, happy for you. Um, but I've, you know, just have overseen 
some of it and, and actually thought this, that he was, he was quite good, but as far as him in this show, um, yeah, it's, what is the benefit of keeping that from people? Like it's not, if the planet gets glassed, he's not going to get a medal for it. He's not going to like be, be thrown the keys to a new Lamborghini and get a, a penthouse in Malibu. Like what, what is the advantage? Like, would you not, if you were, if you're in charge of helping maintain the survival of an entire species, your species and millions and millions of lives on that planet and, and others that would be affected by, the loss of those assets at that planet, if it were to be glassed, why would you not be falling up on every lead? Why would you be trying to tell John, no, you don't, you totally didn't see all those elites on the other planet. Totally not a thing. My guy, like, why would you not be like, okay, let's, let's analyze all the Intel. Let's look at everything we could possibly look at. Let's try to decide where the biggest possible threat is. We're getting conflicting reports, whatever, but let's trust our man in the field who, who seems to be our best weapon and our most, you know, credible person. And, and I guess if you wanted to say, okay, maybe he's not credible because he had Cortana stuck in his head. That to me, I don't, I don't, I don't really see that. I, I don't know. Um, no, I got tension. Like you said, it, it yes. feels like manufactured tension for no reason. Yes. Um, and it's a shame because there's, there certainly is a lot that's happened since we left. Uh, we last saw the show. You know, I think they said about six months has transpired. And again, for us, it's been two years since we've seen this. So, you know, a Which lot is of it crazy. we've forgotten. Yeah. It, it, it does not seem like that was two years ago, but that is that, that is maybe one of the quickest two years ever. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's uh, the last two years have been the longest 10 years of my life um, in some ways. And but so, I yeah. will say that. I will say this. I forgot how much I love the overall production design of this show. Like we've kind of dumped on some of the stupid plot points, but I I do have a couple of things that I want to say in favor of this show so far, man, the production design, the costumes, the overall look, the sets, like the weapons, the vehicles, just, just flawless, just absolutely fantastic. And uh, it makes me wish that the overall show was better. And I do want to kind of talk about a couple of some of the action scenes that I think really work. The opening, the opening action battle where, uh, you know, chief has to take on multiple elites, I think is a phenomenal example of how to handle a fight scene where there's a, a single one man army versus multiple hostiles that you have to make it look good without making the enemy seem like they're just cannon fodder. Because those elites did seem like they were actually threatening and dangerous, and there's reason to worry that they could actually take out our hero. And it just makes our hero look that much more badass when the villains are actually dangerous. They they just they they seem like they have the ability to kill him. But when Master Chief takes him out, it's more than just wave after wave of Goombas that he just jumps on the heads of back and forth, back and forth, back and forth until you know the level's over. I, I really thought that was quite effective. And then the following shot, when we do see that first elite reveal his sword, you know, when the energy sword lights up and then you see all of the ones around it, that was a cool shot. And I, I was really into that opening action scene. Yeah, no, I do agree. The production value is top notch. You can tell they spend money um, by all means. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, it, like that is absolutely no doubt. I did think the action was good. Um, little bit of um, I thought there were a couple moments um in those action scenes where 
There's a little bit of rough camera. It was the same thing as in season one. Uh, but I did think the action was was well done when we got it. And yeah, that that scene of all of those energy swords just lighting up, that was a very, very cool shot. Um, I, I enjoyed that a lot. And, you know, it's, again, it's a shame because I, I'm not saying that we need to have an hour's worth of what's it an hour's worth of action. Um, but yeah, it, you, you said it earlier. It just seems like they're going out of their way to do everything they can to make it so that he's not an like he's not in action. I mean, what we got the scene where there's the training, um, but yeah, it's just, you know, how can we make him not Master Chief? Even the right. dinner table scene, I th- even the dinner table scene, I thought was, I thought was really silly. Like, you're two grown adult males, and you're like, oh, she's never had a man over. I wonder if they're, like, you're, you're two adults. Like, what two adults are going to say that for what is, I don't, is basically their sister? I think so. Yeah. Like, I, it, that's, that's the vibe I got. And it was, it was kind of, it was cringy. Yeah. It was just weird. I just, I, I don't know. I, I like even that did like the dinner scene. I was just like, uh, was she signaling was, Morse code to him? Was that what that was? I, I, th- I think so. Yes. But that, that was never really like followed up all the way through on. No, no, it was. Yeah. You know, just, whatever open end. I have, um, I have a direct quote here. Uh, this is from my son who was watching the show with me. Uh, why are people so dumb in this show? Yes. Oh my, <laughs> oh my God. You know what? He's 11. Uh, uh, <laughs> He's 11 yes. years old. And sometimes and- that's what you need. You need somebody who doesn't need to think about the grand scope of things and just yeah. breaks it down simplistically. And yes, that is perfect. Why yeah. are people dumb in this show? And he's right. I mean, we have that cult leader who's just marching all her Jonestown citizens into the molten rock. You know, Quan Ha in season one outright refuses obviously needed help from an alien race with superior technology. This the people in this world. Oh, and and our our new head of Oni, like the people in this world lack self-preservation skills. Like it's almost like evolution just kind of skipped that self-preservation gene for most of the people on this show that, that leads, you know, better genes that are designed to keep you alive, to get passed on from generation to generation. It kind of makes you wonder of like, at some point we just made things too easy and, and the smart people stopped breeding. Yeah. It, man, I just, I don't understand because I wish there was, I just wish there was more. I want this. I I want this to be my show. Like I really do. Like we, we talked about the last of us. We've, you know, Mm, there's so many things we have talked about in the time that we have done this. And I've never really said this. But I wanted, like, I wanted Halo to be the thing. I really did. Because, again, I was there. I was at peak age 
when Halo was a thing. I was at peak opportunity when Halo 2 came out. I was working at GameStop, for Christ's sakes. And remember the all-out goddamn crazy, we're doing a midnight release for a video game. I think that was the first midnight release I can ever remember happening. Was Yes, this. because it people, started a trend. People wanted it so bad. They could not wait to get their hands on the next chapter of Halo. And then with Halo 3, even like even with the ending in question to Halo 2, just, you know, because at the time, people were like, what the hell is that? How that ended was Sir finishing this fight. Um, but just everything that was Halo 2, dual weed, dual wheel, uh, wielding, breaking Benjamin, providing us mm. fire your guns for one of the missions. Like, I remember what it was like to be a Halo fan for 1, 2, and 3. And to a degree, 4 as well. It, it didn't start really kind of taking a little bit of a dive until Halo Guardians. Um, but I remember yeah. what it was like, and I remember the craziness of everything Halo. I Red and Blue series. you know. At oh, the, Red vs. Blue, yeah. Red vs. Blue. Remember Mountain Dew Game Fuel? Yes. You know, yeah. Being serious, again, saving a console. We wouldn't have an Xbox Series X right now if it wasn't for Halo. You would not have Microsoft Game Pass if it wasn't for Halo. You would not have any of these things. And it's just... It might sound silly to people, but to see where it is, it's it's kind of sad. Yeah, I I think I I remember when we did our uh, 2021 season 20 yeah it was either 21 or 22 year in review. Uh, one of my bold predictions was that uh, Halo season two would be better, assuming that we got it. You know, in the following year, I I didn't realize it was going to take two years before it came back. I even that being said, <clears throat> I think I'm more optimistic about the rest of this season than I than I was at this same point two years ago. So we're we're two episodes in. And yes. I and I think there's some things that are leading me to believe we could we could head in the right direction. You know, there's there's still some there's still a lot of time being spent on plots that I'm not particularly interested in and I'm not sure where they're going with it. So the story of Halo is the story of predominantly the Master Chief his relationship with the AI Cortana and their fight to save the human race from, you know, multiple threats covenant, you know, then they kind of have like the offshoot of the covenant. There's the banished, then there's the flood and there's all of these things trying to retain our species. But it's that, it's that, it's that relationship between master chief and Cortana as they're going along. And yet we really haven't gotten a ton of that just yet. We got a little bit of it, we have, but, but not a ton. So that's that's really what we're here for is that. And they they spent a lot of time on Soren and and Quan Ha, which we the less we say about her the better, but hey, at least they made her get a haircut. All right, quick sidebar. So Matt, I think we talked about this last summer, but 
uh, it's a big, it's a thing that a lot of networks do, especially when you own a lot of IP that, um, you know, when you, when you have your own streaming service, you let everybody that uh, is going to sign into that account, have their own like profile avatar picture for yes. their thing. And it's one of the, it's like one of the properties you own. So like with Paramount, you can choose from Nickelodeon characters, you can choose from, from all kinds of stuff and you can choose characters from, from this show. And somebody had to sit down and actually make an avatar profile for Quan Ha. Who's choosing this? Who's the person that chooses that as their profile picture for their sign in on Paramount Plus? Yeah, I don't even I, think that actress's uh, agent is choosing that for his sign in on on Paramount Plus. No, no. Um, uh, yeah, I, I will say I'm I'm gonna backtrack a little um i do agree with you there are some things in the first two episodes um that make me more ambitious um for this season than season one um I mean, Keith I comes mean, out and just says Madrigal got glassed. And I was thinking like, whoa, did they just eliminate that whole story just in one throwaway line? Hey, Madrigal got glassed. Okay, we're done with that, guys. Yeah, <laughs> It was right? like, sweet. I was actually really pumped about that. I was like, that's a bold move to completely write out a whole subplot just in one line. And then you find out somehow, you know, somehow Quan Ha is alive. <laughs> yeah, Quan right, Ha yeah. has returned. Like, oh God. Um, but yeah, there is, there's definitely things that give me a hope that this will be, that this will be better. I, I certainly am not ready to write this off. I'm, I'm very uneasy about it, but I definitely do. I, I think. I'm more convinced that this season can be redeemed than season one. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we, maybe we do spend way too much time. We three. do spend too much. We do spend too much time looking at this Soren plot line that I'm not particularly interested in. I don't find him no. right now to be a character that I have like a great feeling for. Like he's not so great of a, of a anti-hero that, like I'm, I'm excited to see what he's going to do, you know, like, like other rogues or scoundrels, like he's, he's not that. So we're spending all this time on him. And I just, in my head, I'm thinking, how does this side plot tie into the main story? What is the point of this? How, how will Soren get in his, his family and his arc get folded back in with John and, and the coven invasion, like this is, this is this whole separate thing. And I don't see a way that that folds back in. And I don't see a reason why I care about it. It's a, to keep, pay attention to it until it has time to do that. Yes. Um, I, I absolutely agree with that. Um, but we'll see. I, I mean, we shall see what happens. Um, in the second episode, we get that really cool shot when the elite is wiping out the space Marines towards the end of it, you know, yes. they, for whatever reason. And, and again, their tactics are garbage. 
there's this there's the the squad leader sends the first group down and they get completely wiped out it's like well since that worked so well the first time you know what i'm gonna try i'm gonna send everybody else to do the exact same thing that worked so brilliantly to begin with and sends them down while he just kind of stands there just shivering and cowering um, but the, the moment we get the, you know, it's that it's very, very dark and everything that just gets illuminated by the gunfire and the elites energy sword. That was also a cool shot. And it kind of reminded me of a very similar shot they used in, uh, the Batman where it's, it's pretty dark, but it's only illuminated by the gunfire. It kind of gave me those vibes. And, uh, and I, and I sort of thought that was a cool shot. So I think we have, we, I think we have some moments where we can be like, okay, when, when they put something together, it can actually be kind of cool. Um, you know, if you want hope, if you want hope that this is going to turn into something that you, you're probably going to like, I've got, I've got episode names for the rest of the season and episode three is called Visegrad. I don't know what that's going to mean. Episode four is called episode four is called reach. So I, I kind of think we, we can probably have some guesses. I think we have some guesses. Uh, episode five, Illyria. Not really sure. Episode six is called Onyx. Now, what what's interesting to me is that there was a, a novel called Ghosts of Onyx that was actually pretty good. Uh, I read it a long time ago. So if they want to incorporate some of that storyline, that could be interesting. Uh, episode seven is called Thermopylae, which uh, that's that's clearly a reference to uh, the uh, the Greek Spartans. Um, and the battle of Thermopylae. So that could, that could be kind of cool. That's your penultimate episode. And then the eighth and final episode listed for this season is just simply called halo. So in terms of a timeline, I think we can kind of have an idea of, of what might be coming down the pipe here. Um, I, I feel like, I feel like we're going to, I feel like the end of this is, is going to be ultimately worth it. I'm, I'm cautiously optimistic. Maybe, maybe un, like unearned. Maybe my optimism is unearned for this show, but maybe that's just the the Halo fanboy in me just wanting this to be good beyond uh, any any existence of evidence that it will be. Um, <laughs> maybe that's where that is. Maybe I'm maybe I'm Delulu, uh, but that's okay. Yeah, I, I mean. We know that we're going to see the actual, I mean, based on the trailers that we've seen for this, there is a incredible shot of one of the Halo rings in space, which was just, I mean, even from the trailer, that, that shot was jaw dropping. Um, So like my mind goes to all the things that we could see, like, my God, like we talked about the scene in the, in the fog of, the plasma swords. Imagine the kind of horror shot they could do with the first appearance of the flood. Imagine seeing grave mind for the first time, if they would do something like that, like there's so many cool things that they could do. And so many cool shots that they could do with this show. You know, Um, you mentioned grave mind that that cave painting that Quan Ha was pointing to did that look a little like grave mind to you or am i on my own here no i i think that as well um and maybe it's just an easter egg to say we know and we'll never get it but no i definitely got that feeling okay i'm glad i'm not on an island on that cuz i was sort of like is that what she's 
like how would she know about that but then there's some kind of like mystic thing with with that magical side plot that really just sucks about something that already sucks so I don't know. I, I don't want this show to go supernatural when they go supernatural is when they, they really lose you. I, <laughs> that might be my, one of my favorite lines ever, ever something that sucks <laughs> on top of something that already sucks. <laughs> like, <laughs> right. Yeah. Oh my God. That's pretty good. Um, you know, it's one of the last things I'll say, because, you know, we ran into this problem with season one where, they're just because it's so much dialogue and there's so much. I, I, I'm trying to not be incredibly rude, but because there's so much filler, there just doesn't feel like there's a lot to talk about with these episodes. And you know, what's funny is you sit there and I'll compare it to the last of us where the last of us, there's a ton of dialogue. I mean, For Christ's sakes, episode three, I believe it was, was an entire episode dedicated to finding out about a relationship between two males that was made for the TV show, for God's sakes. And that was one of the best episodes of the goddamn series. But it's because Um, it was filled with meaningful dialogue. mm, Yeah. And real emotion, not woodenness. Yes. And real emotion. And, you know, it gets to a point where it's hard to say anything more about these two episodes because even though things happened again, it feels like we're not getting anything for maybe two, three more episodes, but from this dialogue. Yeah. And I I think what will be interesting is, okay. So, you know, Dr. Halsey's clearly stuck in like an AI simulation of some kind, you know, some kind of, uh, uh, virtual reality prison, if you will. I wonder if they have Beat Saber in there. You know, I wouldn't talk to a a Flash clone if I if I could just sit around and play Beat Saber all day. That's that's definitely what I would do. But, uh, you know, she's she's scheming. She's trying to figure a way to get out. And I think when she when she eventually does, because, you know, Dr. Halsey, she's she's just a bad bitch. Like she's going to figure it out at some point. Like she's going to Frankenstein some of those clones in a way that's going to get her out. And I'm and I'm here for it and I can't wait for it to see what will happen when she gets let loose. And so so we have that to kind of look forward to. There is there is kind of a, what, what I think might be a little bit more of a slower build. I, I'm still I'm still going to be excited Thursday night when the new episode comes out, I think. Um, I'm still going to be ready to go. I don't know. I again, I think I'm, I think the show just has an unearned amount of optimism for me. Um, you know, they kind of reminded me that scene where she was stuck in the in the VR prison. It's it was almost a little bit like Edge of Tomorrow, where every every time it resets, Tom Cruise's character got a little more information and a little more information, and it seemed like you know Halsey was playing it cool for a while, and then eventually she's like, "Okay, I need this information now. I've already gotten this far. Okay, and then just like send me the next Xerox copy of you, and then I'll try to build on that." Um, it kind of gave me those vibes. Yeah, it did. It did very much have an edge of tomorrow vibe to that. Um, I am interested in that. Um, again, I wasn't really keen on her character, but I was, I, I was interested in the situation she's in. So yeah, no, again, I, how did she get there? Cause it seemed like she was right. free before. 
Yes, no, exactly. And it's like, it feels like they just use kind of this six months time jump to go, yeah, there's just things that we're not going to mention. And you just, you have to take it that these characters are in these spots. Yeah, just go with it. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) We realize we haven't earned the right to ask you to do it, but we're going to do it anyways. Oh, yeah, McKee's alive, too. Yeah, just go with it. Yeah, so um, do you have any... (laughs) Yeah, just just go with it. Just Um, go with it. Do you have any final thoughts, or do you want to put a rating on these two episodes? Let's let's get some popcorn. All right, so we'll move into popcorn time. We're going to rate episodes one and two individually. Um, And I'll go first for episode one. Honestly this is a two and a half bucket rating for me. Um, wasn't a lot to keep myself, you know, right in the beginning I was like, Oh, okay. This seems like they definitely have made some adjustments. Uh, by the end of the episode, I was like, yes, feels a little too season one for me. Um, so this first episode I gave two and a half. Okay. Uh, I don't, I don't disagree with that. Uh, I'm going to say I, I actually gave it a three and a half. Uh, part of that is just based on I started to watch this uh, on my lunch break the other day. And because I just was I wasn't sure when we were going to get to do the reviews. Um, it was and I got to about the first 20 minutes when all the action was happening. The good part of the episode was happening. And then I was like, nah, this is getting too good. I'm going to wait till I go home tonight. And I'm going to watch it with my son. Um, cause I know he'll want to be into this. So I actually rewatched that opening twice. And I think maybe I'm influenced by just the cool parts of this that I saw twice that I kind of forgot, you know, I sort of minimized the parts that sort of sucked. So I'm going to go three and a half. <laughs> I, I reserve the right to change my mind later, but for now it's a three and a half. Yeah, no, I mean, I, I probably could have given it an extra, but, um, you know, moving on to episode two, um, a little bit more here to keep me actually interested. I, I didn't hate any of these episodes, um, but I would say that I don't think it's, I liked it a little bit more, so to speak, but I can't give it a fuller rating than episode one. Um, so I actually give episode two, a two and a half as well. Um, I, I just, Again, by the end of it, I had too much of season one vibes from the first two episodes of that season. Um, so an- another two and a half rating for me. Uh, I'm going to go three. I uh, didn't have as much to initially grab me. I uh, had just kind of a little too much talking without me really being emotionally interested in what they were talking about. So, uh, yeah, it's going to going a three. Yeah, I mean, that's... Uh... I'd have to go back and relook. I, I, I'm wondering what we gave the first two episodes of season one. I'd be interested to go back and check that out. I think we liked episode one, but episode two, I think, is when uh, he walked around without his helmet on the whole time on that uh, pirate asteroid. And we were just like, what the hell is even that? Right. Yes. No, I think that's right. And then I think episode three was another one where... I think that was like, I think episode three was maybe one of like the lowest rated ones we did for the entire season. Um, I think I gave that's, that's around the time I I told you to stop taking my ideas. Yes. Um, (laughs) so again, interesting, cautiously optimistic for what will come from this. Um, hopefully 
we are not disappointed. Um, I, I, I certainly know, you know, before we close up that if you go on and, and read other reviews, it, it certainly is getting, I, I think, more positive word than season one did in the early going. I've seen a bunch of articles that say it's learned from its mistakes in season one and it's a better show so far. Um, I also know that IGN got to review the first four episodes um, and I didn't read anything for spoilers, but I think they gave the first four um, a seven out of 10 overall, which is not a bad score. So I'll be interested to, to see the next two. Yeah, I think it's one of those things. Media has gotten so fractured because of how many streaming services are out there, how many people are having to produce exclusive content, the ease at which you can just sit down. And if you wanted to watch an entire season of a show over a long weekend, you have the ability to do it. So, you know, there's really not a lot of that show that everybody's watching, you know, I think the last of us was a show that everybody was watching. I think season one and part of season two of Mandalorian was a show. Everybody was watching game of Thrones was a show that everybody was watching. Uh, You know, breaking bad was a show. Everybody was watching. I don't know how many of those we're going to continue to get, you know, and I realized that Mandalorian and last of us came out not that long ago, but those really feel like more lightning in a bottle and less, the way that things are. I, I, I just think that you're going to continue to see things go a little more niche, you know, like, and this might be one of them. If you're really into the, if, if you're really into this IP, you'll be into it. If you like just general sci-fi, you might really be into it. This isn't going to be the one that converts people that, that sci-fi's and video game adaptions aren't their bag. You know, people aren't going to be watching this, that, that aren't already invested um, in this genre. Yeah, no, that's those are all very, very good points. So, again, uh, excited to see where this journey goes. Looking forward to coming back weekly and reviewing this and uh, see where it takes us. Yeah. And listeners, if you are interested in hanging out with us, subscribe to the show wherever you get good podcasts. You can find Matt Goes to the Movies on all of your favorite social media platforms. Facebook, TikTok, Instagram, Twitter, uh, YouTube, everywhere you want to be. Twitch even. Uh, Make sure you uh, check out the show, all of those places. Subscribe to the show. Email the show, mgttmpodcast at gmail.com. Would you like us to finish the mummy binge that we were on? Would you like us to do that? We would like to do that. Email us. Tell us that that's what you'd like. Uh, Share your thoughts on this show or any of the other fine programs uh, that have been recorded on this channel. Uh, I know that there's been a lot of major media announcements. You know, Taylor's got a new album coming out. Beyonce's got a new album coming out. But Matt and Rob back on the air talking nerdy stuff. Clearly the single biggest announcement in all of media and pop culture right now. (laughs) So I know that you, the listener, are super excited. And uh, and we are excited to be talking to you and each other again uh, with with some frequency. Yeah, absolutely. Look forward to getting back into a consistent schedule. So that'll do it for this episode of Matt goes to the movies. Thank you very much for joining us and we will see you very soon for the next episode of halo season two.